All right, hello and welcome back. My name is Rob Wong, and today we are talking with relationship coach Anna Ruiz. Um, Anna is a human that I've been fortunate enough to encounter um, in the last year. Um, she's been in the work, um, learning the foundations of what it takes to make a successful, amazing relationship of five years of hard work in that department amassing hundreds of hours of experience working with clients through the relationship school. And uh, um, I'm really happy to have you on. And I'm wondering if there's anything you wanted to add to that or in terms of introducing yourself and letting people know what you're up to in the world. Yeah. Hi, Rob. Um, I'm really excited to be here. I'm a little bit nervous. It's the first time that I do a podcast and I have been studying relationships for a long, long time. And uh, basically because I had decades of failed relationships and I knew I wanted to have a relationship long-term and I knew that I had to learn the skills and the tools to do that successfully. And once I mastered that, I realized I wanted to help others. and. That's when I studied and decided to become a, a relationship coach. So it's always nice to be sharing space with another coach. And I'm curious about like, what was the most impactful thing that you learned or what tool did you acquire that you think that made the most difference? Ah, well, I would say that the most impactful thing that I did was to actually join uh, the relationship school that was started by Jason Gaddis. Um, because up until then, I had read multiple books. I tried to figure these things out on my own. And, and it was really hard. And the best thing to learn relationships is to be in a relationship with, with other human beings. Mm. Yeah, I really love that answer. Um, I found that my story is uh, overlaps a little bit. In the in the beginning, I found myself kind of going down the pickup route, actually, in like learning from people who would like, in quotes, air quotes, mastered seduction. And it was, and I, I found that I wasn't actually even putting the information that I was getting into practice. I was just accumulating knowledge and like, Oh, like I've got all these ebooks in my computer and someday I'll get to them and that someday just never happened. And I love that you're pointing to the fact that like, hey, you know, you, you have to be in action to make that shift happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I find interesting how you and I had different paths and somehow converge into like the school, right? Um, and being with other like-minded individuals and and studying with people who really know relationships. In hearing you say that, the one thing that like comes to mind for me right now is that concept of like the, the pain will continue until it becomes so great that it can't be ignored. And for me, that was like, okay, well, I'm in a relationship and I'm, a, I'm unhappy and it's going to end at two years and I'm going to break it off. I'm in a relationship, I'm unhappy, it'll end in two years and I'm gonna break it off. And it just, it went on for like eight years until it was just like, 
I ran into a friend, a mutual friend, Warren, and he was like, you should, you should probably check this out. And I'll agree with you. The relationship school was extremely pivotal for me, like beginning to see where, uh, for lack of a better term, I was being the asshole in my relationships and like self-sabotaging. It's weird thinking about like how, how much of that stuff I was just personally responsible for you know, my own unhappiness, my own patterns, the things that I, I thought I couldn't escape in relationships were things that I was generating. I'm curious what your experience was. Yeah, as I hear you share that um, over here nodding and realizing that my pattern was to be emotionally unavailable because even though I wanted a relationship, I really had a strong longing for a romantic relationship. Mm. I was also scared of having my heart broken. Mm. I was scared of the other person leaving. Because that was my very, this were my very early experiences um, dating. So as a result, I carried that with me as an adult without knowing it. And I kept attracting men who were emotionally unavailable to show me where I needed to wake up. Wow, that's an interesting dynamic. Um, on one hand, I know you mentioned that you felt like you were emotionally unavailable. And then you, were, you found that you ended up in relationships with men who were also emotionally unavailable. What was that experience like? It was very painful. It was extremely painful. And basically my work was to see my own pattern, see that what I was attracting into my life was a reflection of the work that I needed to do on myself. So, long story short, I, I spent several years working on my own fears, my own wounds, and eventually I attracted into my life a man who is emotionally unavailable, emotionally available. <laughs> who is committed to our relationship. So it's almost like the moment I started to do my own work, I broke the curse. Mm. Wow. That sounds like such a powerful experience. And for the people who are listening, what kind of work would that usually involve? Like if you were to coach someone through the patterns that kept on interrupting, like satisfying healthy relationships what might that entail um well it's start by understanding um their childhood history um their relationship with um their family of origin because mm. a lot of these patterns we start developing them then like with our family of origin 
and we just continue to carry that and projecting that into our romantic relationships. Yeah. You saying that is reminding me of some some insights that I've been picking up recently as well, where I've noticed that a lot of the conflict that I run into in my relationships are as a result of me being like really activated or emotionally charged. And for the people listening, usually that refers to when someone is in fight, flight or freeze, your, your body is very tense, you start behaving like you're under attack. And in, in, in that mode, I've, I've noticed that mentally, like the way that I react to things, it's kind of like being an angry baby. It's like, <laughs> like it's very like reactive and like and bratty and petty. And when I'm in that mode, um, it's like I revert back to the time when I had like or that original trauma happen. Like I, I, I'm stuck in an age where I can't be with other people and I'm not emotionally responsible for myself. I'm curious if uh, if that feels like it maps to what you're expressing right now. Yeah, certainly, and and that makes a lot of sense to me because I remember uh, my my story of being abandoned. It came from um, interactions that I had early on with my mom, where I felt physically and emotionally abandoned by her. Mm. So I created all these stories in my head that the people who love me are going to leave me. So just like you described that angry baby, I was an adult woman who would feel really anxious when my partner wouldn't call me for a day. And my reactions were back to like the little girl that I was that would, I would get really scared and start to cry when my mom was not around. So imagine bringing that into an adult relationship. Um, it's a lot for the other person to, to handle, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm really happy that you brought that up as an example. Cause like, as an adult, I feel like we, we associate, at least I personally associate that kind of anxiety from like not getting a response with like being like a teenager, like a high schooler. But I've noticed that as an adult, I have the same sort of thing popping up. Like if someone, if I text someone and they don't get back to me within like 12 hours, eight hours, it start, I start like wondering, it's like, did I just like say something really inappropriate? Do they hate me now? Like, are we having a fight? And and I love that you brought this up because I think patterns like this show up all the time. Um, and people, we don't really notice them because they happen so reflexively, but this, ha this turns up in clients like routinely. And I think what a lot of people don't see is that this kind of thing can be stopped. And if it isn't stopped, it has a really big impact on relationships, like not being able to be with communication or a lack of communication. Um, and, and not being in control of the stories that might come up as a result of that lack of communication can be deadly. Yeah, yeah absolutely, right? Like imagine um, like if I'm not getting a text from my partner and being a number of hours, then I start going down all these stories. 
first of all, what most of us do is make the other person wrong. Mm. Oh, he hasn't called me. He hasn't texted me. I wonder if now he's interested in somebody else. I wonder if he's cheating on me. And then we just start layering all these stories about the other person when I'm the one who's having a reaction. Mm. And, and chances are, this is my stuff, my baggage that's just getting steered up. And for some people, it goes as far as ending relationships, right? Um, when, if we have the capacity to see what's our part, what's our pattern, and like you said, we can change those patterns, right? We change them, and that's where relationships change for us. That's the, that's the, what I call breaking the curse. Mm. I, <laughs> I, lo I love that you brought this up, particularly the bit about like not even noticing when the past is coming up. Like when people remind us of someone from the past, when someone reminds me of my mom, for instance, right? Like, oh man, so much, so much emotional charge from that. I I've noticed too, like even, even sometimes when I'm physically uncomfortable, sometimes that puts me in a situation where I think that I'm angry at the other person because like my experience gets interpreted through the body sensations that I'm having. If my heart is pounding and I'm like sweating and uncomfortable and I'm talking with someone else, sometimes the experience is that I'm angry at this person and without an understanding of what Anna was just talking about, what you were just talking about, this stuff kind of slips under the radar. We get into fights without even knowing why we're getting into fights, which is one of the reasons why what you're doing is so awesome. Yeah, thank you. And and I see this when I coach couples, where to the part that you just said, where they're listening to each other, not really with the intention to listen and understand. They're listening to defend and they're both feeling really strong about their position. They want to be right. And that, that is toxic for a relationship. So as a coach, um, if, you, if you were to encounter this dynamic, if someone were to come up to you and be like, Anna, I can't stop fighting with my partner and I feel like they're always attacking me and like I'm always wrong, what would you what would you say to them? What what would you have to contribute to that situation? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, the first thing that I would do is help understand what's going on for them. Why do they feel a need to defend? Um, possibly go back to experiences throughout their life where they needed to defend themselves. So if they're doing it with a partner, this is not something new. This is something that has a history. Mm. So really, really understand where that comes from. And then the next thing that I would do is help that person with a tool 
that they can use that can be as just as simple as every time they feel like they they're about to punch the other person, <laughs> right? Be able to like stop, breathe, and think. And that's one way to interrupt that pattern and with practice be able to shift that over time. Mm. And for the people listening, what Anna just gave you was like coaching gold. Um, I, I coached a client through something very similar in being able to stop and ground themselves, get really present with their emotions and then clear them. And that was enough for her to go from being in a tumultuous relationship where they're always butting heads, always fighting to being engaged. Like this is really a, a really powerful tool. And I'm sure that it's even more powerful once it's something that they get to experience in person. So if they were, if they wanted to be working with you, Anna, what would be the best way for that to happen? Cause like, this is something that you don't want to just like let pass you by. This is something that you want to have happen with you. Like you want to be there for this experience. Yeah. And basically what we're talking about is, is a nervous system that is activated, um, that is um, like the part of the brain that we call the reptilian brain um, is, is the one that is in charge. And that reptilian brain is the part of ourselves that is wired for, for survival. So I just want to share these because these responses are normal. Um, I don't want people to think that there's something wrong with them if they're having these reactions. Mm. Um, so when I talk about um, stop, breathe, and think, what we're doing is help that person activate the prefrontal part of their brain, which is the one that has the capacity to reason um, and understands love, connection, intimacy. So I know there was another piece about your question, like how would I help clients? Oh yeah, like um, the other piece was if they wanted to get your help, how would they reach you? Because you clearly know what right. you're doing and you're very skilled and I love the way that you're breaking this all down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the way that people can reach me is on my website and it is annaruiz.life and it is spelled A-N-A-R-U-I-Z dot L-I-F-E. So people can go reach me on my website. Um, I work with both individuals and uh, couples. And because I'm bilingual, I also coach in both in English and, and in Spanish. And all the sessions are done um, via um, video conferencing. So people just need to have access to a computer and the internet. And I offer a one hour complimentary session for uh, people who are interested to give it a try and see if it feels like a good fit um, before they make um, a bigger commitment. 
Awesome. And keep in mind, listeners, Anna is a very senior coach, extremely experienced, has worked with many couples. Um, if she's offering up an hour, it's, it's more than worth your time to jump on that as soon as you can, assuming there is availability left. And with that, I'm also seeing that we're coming to the end of our time, Anna. I, I do want to end with one question. And that is, if if you, I mean, as coaches, we're not really supposed to give advice, but I'm, I'm going to request we suspend that rule for now. If you were to give one piece of advice to yourself back when you were first starting to relationship, back when you were first starting to date, what would that be? My advice to myself would be to get help from people who know how to be successful at relationships. Hmm. Really, really solid. And I think that, that that's, I think probably the best possible advice that you could be giving. It's really easy. And I know I fell into this trap a lot to want to, to solve it on your own. Like for me, it was a, I, I felt like I was like weak if I didn't know how to do it by myself. Like I felt like I was dumb and incapable. And so, yeah, like if there's someone out there that's really skilled at what they're doing, if there's someone out there that has had like years and years of experience helping people break through the patterns and conflicts that usually show up in relationships, it's worth your while to reach out and see what they have to say. Anything else you want to say to be complete on this, Anna? Yeah, I was going to say that there were a couple of people that I would reach out for help when I was growing up. And they were either friends, family. And the truth is they didn't have the experience. What you just said, like being good at doing relationships for a long, long, long time. So, yeah, um, besides books, I reach out to people who didn't have experience. Yeah, and, and I feel like that usually leads to advice like like be yourself or like be more confident, which in the grand scheme of things is just like, be, just be better. And which <laughs> it doesn't really do that much. And it's so ambiguous and it's so easy to get like advice that kind of backfires. Like, I feel like one of the things that I ran into when I was learning pickup from the other side was that like you had to like maintain attraction by like like withdrawing and adjusting the amount of attention that you gave to another human being. And as I look back, there's like this internal cringe because like if I were to try to operate a relationship like that, knowing what I know now, I know for a fact that that would be a recipe for like a lot of fighting in crazy times. Like that is it's not a healthy relationship. Ultimately, I would probably be in so much conflict and so much self-doubt that the relationship would naturally end on its own, even if I was with like a really fantastic person. So yeah, I, I'm with you 100% on that. And um, yeah, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm looking forward to being able to interview at another point in the future, if that's cool with you, Anna. Yeah, that will be great. Thank you, Rob, for having me here today. Um, I really enjoy um, the conversations and talking to you about relationships. 
Thank you. I feel, I feel like happier and more grounded for some reason. I imagine this is probably how all of your clients feel at the end of your sessions. <laughs> I'll catch you around, Anna. Okay, great. Thank you, Ralph. Bye.